Welcome as Brit David Podcast welcomes special guest David Licks as he brings us a message, What Do You Have? from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Here's Pastor David. Well, it's good to be up here and it's good to preach again. Haven't preached since uh, Easter Sunday, so y'all are in for a long sermon. That just scared my wife and daughter to death. Uh, I do appreciate Britt David Baptist coming out on Wednesday afternoons. Uh, Since October, when y'all started coming, we have seen a lot of things change and take place. As a matter of fact, not only did we see five people come to know the Lord uh, this past Wednesday, but we had two more come to know the Lord on uh, Thursday. And so far since October, since this church has started participating, we have had 33 people come to know the Lord. Not all on that day, but that has just started, I think, a little mini revival. And, uh, and so that is, that's exciting. Uh, one of the things that I'm allowed to do now is to really dedicate more of my time to reaching out to the local churches, trying to get more churches involved in doing mission work. Uh, one of the things that attracted us to Britt David Baptist Church was really... It was a missional church. And I said it would kind of be hypocritical if a missionary went to a church that wasn't very missional. You know, I, I said, well, that, that, might not, uh, that might not jive too well. So, uh, but I am thankful that we're in a church where missions is at the forefront of everything that we do. Uh, give you just a, another opportunity to do something. Brother Tim will mention it, I'm sure. Uh, but December the 14th, 15th, and 16th is our annual toy store and I get excited every year about this because we see more people come to know the Lord in those three days than any activity that we do all year long Uh, we'll see about 150 families those 150 families will all hear the gospel presentation before they do anything else then they'll get to go shopping for toys and they'll come in and each kid gets two toys Uh, they get a toy that's valued anywhere from 25 to 45 dollars another toy that's valued uh, at least above 15 to $25, or we'll put together a package of toys just to make it really nice for them. And uh, one of the things that so many of the people tell us is they say, you know what, y'all don't give away junk. And we don't. We purposely want them to get the best that we can have because, I mean, let's face it, folks, God gave his best for us, and if we don't give our best, then we must think we're better than God. And so everything that we do, uh, we do our best at. This, tonight, I wanted to, I, I prayed about, Lord, what to do, because I have a sermon that I get to do sometimes in little devotions where when I go off for the association, I get to talk all about missions. But God was kind of leading me to another, another area tonight because, you know, this coming Thursday, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving, and it's a time to be thankful. But I hear this from a lot of people. Well, I have nothing to be thankful for. And I'm going to tell you, Some of those that have sat in that counseling room and have dealt with people that come in through Mission Columbus, uh, it's hard sometimes to maybe try to find something to be thankful for uh, because they they can't see anything past, I don't even know how I'm going to keep my electric bill on or how I'm going to keep my electric on this week or if you don't give me something good to eat, I I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's it's that time of the year where my heart is pulled and tugged because... uh, when, or see, Thursday, we probably had 70 phone calls, according to my receptionist. And she said, and most of them said, we have absolutely nothing to eat. We won't have anything next, next week to eat if you don't give us something. Now, I know not every one of those 70 people probably needed food. They was probably looking to see if we was giving away free turkeys. We're not. Um, 
And it was easy for me just at the beginning just to simply say, we don't have nothing. And then I go walking through the center, and I see that I've got green beans stacked this high. I don't like them. That's why they're stacked that high. Got corn over here. It's stacked. I don't like corn either. That's why it's stacked that high. Got all of this food, and I thought, we've got food. Not a lot, but we have food. So I began to tell people, okay, be here Monday morning at 930 and I've already got bags made. I worked uh, Friday morning putting together bags so that when people come in, I don't have, I'll be there by myself mostly. But I just run out there to the car. Here's you a bag. Pray with them if I can. Give them food. Because I just don't know if they're telling me the truth or not. But I sure would hate for somebody to be hungry knowing that I'm sitting on a whole lot of food. And it began to make me think about this, this subject. What do you have? Now, if you ever go to the varsity... Up in Atlanta, they're going to ask, what are you going to have? What are you going to have? What are you going to have? Well, what are you going to have? You're going to have a nasty chili dog with greasy french fries and an orange drink because that's all there is up there. But what do you have? What is it that you have that God can use? So if you would, turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings, Kings chapter 4. I want us to just look at the first seven verses tonight. Of this passage where Elisha is helping a widow woman who has found herself in need. And uh, so let's just read the, the, the passage and then we'll go back and kind of break it down a little bit. It says, one of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, has died. You know that your servant feared the Lord. Now the creditor is coming to take my two children as his slaves. Elijah asked her, what can I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go out and borrow empty containers from all of your neighbors. Do not get just a few. Then go in and shut the door behind you and your sons, and pour oil into all of these containers. Set the full ones to the side. So she left. After she had shut the door behind her and her sons, they kept bringing her containers, and she kept pouring. When they were full, she said to her son, Bring me another container. Then he replied, There aren't any more. Then the oil stopped. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debtors. You and your sons can live on the rest. As this widow woman is in a situation, her husband's just died, and she finds herself in despair. What do I do? Because in those days, it wasn't like there's a group of lawyers that come in and say, Well, do you have anything? Was there a will? Was there this? Was there that? Uh, you know, sometimes when a family member passes away, you can just send people a death certificate, and that's all you have to do. In those days, it was a lot different. And so these, this debtor, this person that they had owed money to, under the law, it was his right to take her sons into slavery and work them until the debt had been paid. It was his right. It was the law. And it was a common practice. But she didn't want to see that because she didn't know what would happen where they might be, what might happen to them. There was 
These were her sons. She's just lost her husband. She sure didn't want to lose her sons either. She was in total despair. What do I do? We know something about her husband. We don't know his name. We don't even know her name. But we know a few things about him. And, and I, you know, anytime somebody preaches a funeral, it's always hard to try to capture a person's life in just a few short words. It's one of the more challenging things you do as a minister. But we do know some things about him. First of all, he was a man of God. She says, your servant feared the Lord. This was a man who loved God. He was, he was a, a servant of God. Elisha knew him. Elisha knew that he was a faithful person. But how does a faithful person get in financial problems? Well, it's quite simple, folks. We don't practice a lot of what we preach. But in those days, a man of God didn't have hardly anything because he depended 100% upon God for everything. And so everything that he got, he just gave it away. Uh, when I first started working up at uh, the Columbus Baptist Association, and it was kind of funny. The day I started was the day that Brother Jimmy found out he had cancer. I mean, that day I go in, and he said, when I get back from the doctor having this little procedure, we'll sit down, and I'll go over everything that you've got to do. And I said, hey, great, fine. <laughs> and he didn't come back from the hospital. And then they're talking about doing emergency surgery and all of these things on him, and things there for a while it was like seven months before Brother Jimmy and I sat down and had a talk. And I remember the first question. I said, how do I get money? I mean, here I am supposed to be helping people. And I said, how do I get this? Well, you go to Anna. I love Miss Anna. Y'all keep praying for her. She's doing better, but still got some issues, I think. And so, you know, I, there was just a lot of things that I didn't know how to do. This woman knew one thing. Out of her desperation... She knew to go to the man of God. And when she goes to Elisha and she tells him, remember your servant. Now, she's not playing a, a, a preacher card, but she's just saying, listen, we were faithful. He was faithful. He did the things that he was told to do. And now I find ourselves in this situation. Look with me there at verse 2. Elijah asked her, what can I do for you? That is a question that I try not to ask. Because when you ask, what can I do for you? You're going to get a lot of different answers. Um, but he's asking, what is it that you want me to do? Tell me, what do you have in your house? I've had people say, well, I want you to pay my power bill. I want you to give me food. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. That's asking me to do it. I, I, I physically have to write a check or get my credit card out. or I, I physically have to do something. It, it's, I'm doing that for you. But he asked her, what do you have? Now, out of her desperation, I'm sure that she's checked everywhere. Growing up just about two blocks from a bowling alley. Back in the 70s, when video games first came out, there was something called Space Invaders. I probably could have bought three or four Space Invader machines with as much money that I put in those things. But I remember because Dad would give us 50 cents to go to the ball. That means I got to play two games. 
I either got really good or I didn't stay at the bowling alley very long. But I learned something. My dad liked to lay down on a couch. And when you lay down on a couch, sometimes coins fall out of your pockets. And they gather underneath the seat cushions. I would go and I would check underneath the seat cushions, in his chair, in the couch. On the floor. I was looking for spare change anywhere that I could. And every once in a while I'd find something. And off to the bowling alley I went. I'm sure that this woman had done a complete inventory of everything she had. Well, how can you say that? It's simple. Look at her answer. She says, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Whoop-de-doo. But you need to understand something. A jar of oil in those days, that was a matter of having light. It was a substance of fuel. It wasn't cooking oil that she was going to fry the holy bird with. But it was oil in which you could use to heat, to see with. I mean, they didn't have the little things on the, on the, on the walls that you flipped and get electricity. It was funny, on one of my mission trips when I was in Guatemala... Uh, we went to one little house, if you can call it a house. They had a single light bulb that hung down in the middle of the room. And I was like looking around and I was like, where's the light switch? Oh, it comes on by itself every night from 7 o'clock to 8.30, then it goes off. Well, why that? That's all the electricity we get. It goes off and it comes on. The government controls it. They determine how much electricity you get. And it was literally a 40-watt bulb, which didn't do a whole lot inside of that building. So all she has is this little jar of oil, but she sees it as being something. What do you have? I'm not asking you what you can do, and I'm not asking you to give, but what is it that you have that you would be willing to let somebody use? But more importantly, what is it that you have that you would let God use? Well, it could be a talent. Uh, Sean's discovering I don't sing that well, but I try to get in the choir to sing because my wife wrote me into it. Uh, but I like singing. I'm not great at it. I'm, I'm glad when we get to heaven, we all get a different voice. At least that's what I keep telling myself because there's nothing painful in heaven. And if I have to sing, it'll be painful to somebody. But what is it that we have? Could it be a talent? Could it be an ability? Could it be funding? Could it be something that you can do? So many times I hear people say, well, there's nothing that I can do. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm, I don't have enough money. Well, if I had a lot of money, I would give it. You know, it's funny to me how everybody that has ever won the lottery, two things happen. Number one, they get divorced. Number two, they go broke. I had a guy come up to me one time. He said, preacher, I really need you to pray that I win the lottery. I said, why? He said, because you said everybody gets divorced. I got to figure out a way to get rid of my wife. And I said, well, you do know she's going to get half of it. She's got it all now. I'll have more than I had beforehand. And so, you know, it's just, but people think, that, well, if I just had all of that money, it would be the, the fix-all. And yet, if you had all that money, man, would you, would you lie awake at night wondering? You want me to tell you what my greatest fear would be? Not that I play, because I don't. I mean, the only scratching I do is if I got an itch. And I can't even pick the right team, so me trying to pick the right numbers ain't going to happen. But you know what my greatest fear would be? To get a phone call. We have your daughter. If you don't give us $80 million, you'll never see her again. Well, that would be 
heartbreaking. That's why I always told everybody, if I ever wanted somebody, just said, here, you can have, I ain't taking the lump sum all at once. I want that little bit all along because that way I don't have all the money. But I mean, just think about it. Somebody could come in and take your family and hold them hostage. Somebody would come in and steal it. But what is it that you have that God could use? Can you pray? I mean, that's something that everybody can do. Everybody can pray. Not, you may not feel comfortable praying out loud, but everybody can pray because everybody ought to be talking to God. I had a child one time, he came up to me, he said, you always talk about God said this, God said that. I don't hear God talking. I said, well, do you read your Bible? Nope. I said, well, then you never will. God talks to us through his word. Even in our own lives, if we think that, that we're just not hearing God, maybe we ought to see if we're reading the Bible enough, if we're in the word of God enough, because he's got a whole lot of information and a whole lot of good things to share with us. Maybe something that you have is just something that's so small, so insignificant to you. One year during vacation Bible school, we do what you all did what you all do here with bringing kids, bringing in the coins. This kid brought in a bucket of coins, dumped it in the thing, and they was winning. Later on that night, one of the guys came up to me and said, Brother David, uh, we don't know how to count these coins. I said, what? We don't know what they are. I said, what do you mean? They showed it to me. I'm like, that's a gold eagle. That's like $2,200. That's a, that's, we've got somebody's coin collection. Well, that little kid went home and took his dad's coin collection, brought it to vacation Bible school. The next day, that dad came up there. He said, I please tell me you didn't count that money and turned it in. Because he said, that coin collection's worth about $40,000. I said, hmm, boy, those missionaries are going to be real happy. I said, no. I said, we realized what it was. We pulled it over. He said, well, I beat him last night. I said, oh, man, don't beat your kid. Not for that. I mean, if he stowed your Mountain Dew, yeah, but not your coin collection. So, you know, but something can be that small. But this is what she had done. She's seen what she had, and while it wasn't much, she was willing to give it all. Now, I don't know what was going from her, through her mind. Maybe she thought Elijah would say, well, what do you have for my advice? You know, if, if, what do you have, if I'm going to help you, what do you have to offer me? I don't know what was going through her mind. And so he gives her these simple instructions. Look at verse 3. Then he said, go out and borrow empty containers from all your neighbors. Do not get just a few. Could you imagine what people was doing? I mean, first of all, they knew her husband had died. They knew that she was struggling. And I'm going to tell you, there was Baptists back in these days. I wonder what she needs. All the They're making moonshine. I mean, she has watched the Waltons, and they've got the special recipe going. Uh, they are making that home brew. There must be something. What is she going to do with all of those empty containers? Fair question. I mean, if, if somebody came up to me and said, you got any empty containers? Well, what kind of containers do you need? It doesn't matter just as long as they're empty. Well, do they need to have a lid? Well, I don't know. They just have to be empty. Well, can they be short, tall? They just have to be empty. Well, what are you using them for? I don't know. I just need all these empty containers. So she goes out and she collects all these empty Her and her son, I bet they was like, Mom, what are we doing? He's like, I don't know. But Mom, what are we I don't know. Elijah said, go get these things. But Mom, what are we doing this for? I don't know. 
Who knows? So she gets all these empty containers. And then in verse 4, he says, Then go in and shut the door behind you, you and your sons. And you pour the oil. I want you to think about this. All she has is what? A little bit. And now she has all of these containers. To me, one of the most fascinating miracles in the Bible is Jesus feeding the five, or we say the 5,000. Let's be honest, it was probably closer to 10 to even maybe over 10,000 people with just that little boy's lunch. I've often thought what was going through those disciples' minds because here they go, Jesus has this little boy's lunch. He blesses it, he breaks it, and he puts it in these bushel baskets that these men are going to pass out. Some have fish, some have bread. I don't know how it all went down. But all they did was see him drop a little bit in. And as they went out, as every time somebody reached into that basket, they pulled out more than what was put in. And that miracle kept repeating itself and repeating itself. So the Bible says in Matthew that everybody was fed, and then when they policed the grounds, each one of them had a bushel basket left over. That was just so that the disciples could remember, don't ever sell God short. God always shows up and shows off. Join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor David's message, What Do You Have? from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BrittDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.